This is a podcast by Wellhouse Church, where we take a closer look and dig a little deeper into this week's sermon. What's going on, Bible nerds? And don't don't say anything about my big buildup. Don't don't say anything about my big buildup. It's not it's not the buildup or the excitement of the intro. It's just the <gasps> right in the mic, right in the mic every time. It's so. <gasps> I do want to point something out though. If you're going to talk about me doing that right in the mic, I was listening to last week's A Closer Look last night in my car, and you legit sit like this and talk like this the whole time. Yeah. And pull the mic away from your face. Hey, no. <laughs> All right, so we started a new series. Um, a couple weeks ago, we're still in Restoration Stories, um, working through Second Peter. Mm-hmm. And uh, last week we talked about Noah, mm-hmm. um, this big patriarch of the faith called the Herald of Righteousness. Yep. Dude gets sh- just straight drunk. Um, Loaded. And says some very... Outlandish things. To his son. Yep. Um, about his grandson. Yep. Um, doesn't sound... Like somebody who should be called a herald of faith, but he was. Yeah, herald of righteousness. Herald nope, of righteousness, doesn't, excuse doesn't me. Doesn't seem, nope. Um, but today, we're going to talk about another story very similar. <laughs> it's very weird. It's a very weird story. So, once again, Second Peter, here he's basically trying to prove his argument that false prophets and teachers exist. Sure. And that they're ungodly. And what happens to the ungodly and that God saves the godly from the ungodly. Right. And so picking up in verse six here, I think. Yeah. Six. He begins to talk about Lot and Sodom and Gomorrah. Ooh, everybody knows that. Mm-hmm. And he called in verse seven. He says, and if he rescued Lot, a righteous man, (laughs) greatly distressed by (laughs) the licentiousness of the lawless, for that righteous man living among them day after day was tormented in his righteous soul by their lawless deeds. Then the Lord knows how to rescue the godly from trial. All right, Peter, I got qualms. (laughs) Yeah, me too, bro. Uh, Straight qualms. Like, when when I hear Lot, the name Lot, I I don't think righteousness. That's not what comes to mind. No. Um, Me either. It's not. And we're going to look at what why here in a few minutes, but, like, legitimately, I have... Ever since I was a kid and first heard that story, um, I was just, I've always thought about him as just this horrendous human being. (laughs) One of these days, I'm going to muster up enough courage to preach his story on Father's Day. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's not one that people are going to like. No, but like, it's the deal. I mean, 
he's called righteous, and yet his most memorable story, stories, two of them, right? Multiple. Are just ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, old school soap operas don't even do crap like this. No. In the words of Paul, even the pagans, even the pagans don't, don't do, do crap like, like this. this. Yeah. yeah. It's terrible. So there are two stories that, I mean, now there are lots of stories about Lot. Lot is Abraham's nephew. Yep. And he's kind of, he's a contemporary with Abraham. A lot of Abraham's story has a lot woven in it. And at one point they have a fallen out and they go their separate ways and all this kind of stuff. So a lot's all kind of mixed in here alongside the Abram and Abraham story. But God decides that he's going to punish Sodom. He goes to Abraham, and Abraham pleads with God, but if I can just find 50, 45, 30, 20, 10 people, they go through this progression in, in chapter 18 of Abraham saying, if I can find 50 people, God says, I'll, I'll restore, like, I won't destroy it for 50 people. He goes, well, what if I'm five short? What if I can only find 45? He goes, I won't destroy it for 45 people. And he goes, well, what about 30? You know, I won't destroy it for 30 people. And he goes, Lord, don't be mad, but what about 20? <laughs> I won't be like, I won't destroy it for 20. He goes, okay, don't be mad, but one last try. Like, what about 10? What if I can find 10 righteous people? Will you not destroy it? And he goes, I won't destroy it for 10. And the text literally says, the Lord went his way. <laughs> like, he, he was done talking to Abram about this. <laughs> and so. That's so funny. Like, that's just a different idea of prayer than, than people, like, typically have these Oh, days. yeah. Yeah. It's like, and God was fed up with his beast. Well, it doesn't, like, yeah, it doesn't say that, but it says it doesn't, but like it says and then the Lord went his way. Yeah, it says, and the Lord went his way yeah. when he had finished speaking to Abraham. Yeah, th that to me says he was fed up with Abram's BS. Like maybe. I don't know. But so Abraham and, and God are, are having this conversation and Lot lives in Sodom. Yeah. He lives in Sodom and Gomorrah with his wife and children. And some angels show up into the story. Two angels. And Lot, he's sitting at the city gates and sees them and invites them over to his house. Okay. They come in. There's some stories about what's happening there. And nighttime rolls around. And the men of the city want the two angels to come outside. They don't know they're angels. They just think they're men. But the men of the city come for the traveling men that are embodied angels because they want to rape them. Gang rape style. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. This is this is where we get the term sodomite. Like, mm -hmm. th this is a very disturbing image of what's about to happen here. Okay. Mm. I got a lot of problems with what's going on there. Yeah. I got a lot of problem with Lot's response, though. 
because Lot comes out and he's like, gentlemen, gentlemen, whoa, calm down. No, it's been a rough day, but we got another solution here. You can't have my friends. You can't have my friends. But I have two virgin daughters that I'll gladly give you. No joke. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? This is in Genesis 19, verse verse 6. Lot went out of the door to the men, shut the door after him, and he said, I beg you, my brothers, do not act so wickedly. Look, I have two daughters who have not known a man. Let me bring them out to you and do to them as you please. Only do nothing to these men. Okay. So, again... I got qualms. <laughs> Big qualms. I got qualms. And he kind of contradicts himself because in verse 7, and I have, and said, I beg you, my brothers, do not act so wickedly. But then turns right back around and says, but I got these two daughters that you can do whatever you want to. Yeah. All of your depraved thoughts have your way. Yeah. Um, that's a, a massive contradiction. He's telling them, don't act so wicked. But you can be wicked with my daughters. Like, yep. I don't know. Like, that just, I don't know. Yeah, bugs me. It's, it's a very strange. It's a very strange thing there. Hey, do me a favor. Get get on your phone. My, mine's dead. I need to charge it after this episode. But get on your phone and Google. I think it's Ezekiel. When Ezekiel tells this story... Or when one of the Old Testament prophets tell this story, the wickedness of Sodom and Gomorrah is the lack of hospitality. Um, <laughs> He's looking it up right now. Yeah. So... One of the Old Testament stories, when they interpret this text, the sin of Sodom and Gomorrah that led to their condemnation of being destroyed is their lack of hospitality, that they were rude to the guests and they were prideful. They didn't have, they weren't a hospitable people. When Jude in the New Testament interprets this story, Jude says that it's their sexual immorality that does it. So we got two different interpretations of that story in the Bible. Okay, so it was Ezekiel. Um, now, this was the sin of your sister Sodom. She and her daughters were arrogant, overfed, and unconcerned. Um, they did not help the poor and needy. They were haughty and did detestable things before me. Therefore, I did away with them as you have seen yeah, so it doesn't mention sexual immorality there. Not at all. Uh, so when Ezekiel interprets the story, that that doesn't seem to be the problem. Yeah. By the way, that's Ezekiel 16. Okay. But when Jude does it, when Jude tells the story, that's it's explicitly yeah. the sexual immorality That's piece. his problem, for sure. Uh, so anyways, I just want to make that clarification. But at the same point, Lot comes out and he offers up his daughters, which 
father of the year here. And it gets better because then the angels tell him they're going to destroy the city. Yeah. And they give him an exit plan. They give him an exit strategy of how to get out. Okay. So they go to get out and they're told, go and don't look back. Do not turn around and look back to Sodom and Gomorrah. Well, Lot and his kids start running and they don't look back, but Lot's wife does. And boom, turns into a pillar of salt. Just on the spot. Boom. So she gets left behind. She's dead. She's salt, right? So then they end up in a cave. They leave, right? He's got to leave his his house. He's got to leave everything behind. And he settles in he settles in the hills just outside of Zora, Zoar. And he lives in this cave. And the oldest daughter Lot's oldest daughter says to her younger sister, um, hey, there are no men around? And uh, we got to find a way to carry on daddy's name? That's what they say. They got to they gotta figure out a way to carry on his line. Yeah, they said, uh, basically, Pops is old. He finna die. Yeah. Pops is old. We need to preserve the offspring of our line. So let's get dad drunk and sleep with him. That's their solution to this problem. Let's get dad drunk and let's sleep with him. So I'm, I'm reading the text to you. This is what it says. Guys, if you don't read your Bible, you should read your Bible. Like <laughs> These stories are insane. Excuse me. Verse 33. This is Genesis 19, verse 33. So they made their father drink wine that night, and the firstborn went in and lay with her father. He did not know when she lay down or when she rose. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm not buying it. You're not that drunk. I'm just not buying it. You're not that drunk. I just, I, I struggle believing that. Just throwing that out there. Biologically speaking, if you are that intoxicated, it, it would be difficult to perform. It would be hard to get things to do the things that they need right, to do. Right, that's what I'm saying, to yeah. perform, yes. Yeah. Um, I just have a hard time. I have a hard time. So, then, the text goes on. So, that was verse 33. Now, here's verse 34. On the next day, the firstborn said to the younger, look, I did it last night with my father, Let's do it again tonight, but for you to be with him. 
so we may preserve the offspring through our father. So they made their father drink wine that night also, and the younger rose and lay with him. And he did not know when she lay down or when she rose. Thus, both the daughters of Lot became pregnant by their father. You've got to be freaking kidding me. Lot, this guy, this joker. Now, the text does say that he did not know when she lay down or when she rose. I did, I'm not buying it. I'm sorry. I'm it, not. It does say that, though, right? Like, but. It might just mean that he's so disoriented that, right? Like, I, I don't know. I don't know. I also think it's weird. I'm going to check this just to be safe. But I also think it's quite weird. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm right. That's the last story we get of Lot. Pretty sure, yeah. Um, yeah, that's the last story we get of Lot. So what, what, can you imagine the conversation that he has if he really doesn't know when she lay down or when she get up? Can you imagine the conversation they got to have? Like when they hadn't seen another soul in five months and yet homegirl sporting a belly, both of them. If he really didn't know, don't you think that story should be recorded in here? I mean, Noah's curse on hands record. I mean, there's lots of important conversations that are recorded, and that's not one. Like, I'm just, I'm sorry, I'm not buying it. I don't think the dude is that drunk that he doesn't know it's his daughter's. I just can't get there. I don't know. I, I'm not saying... I, I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. So, and just for all the Bible nerds out there, um, one of the sons from this incestuous relationship is named Moab, and he becomes the father of the Moabites, which is the heritage of Ruth. That's kind of a... Fun fact. Yeah, that's kind of a cool thing. Um, actually, who plays a significant role in the line of Jesus as well. She um, is recorded in the line of Jesus through Boaz. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> What's so funny? There's a, there's, a funny, there's a funny joke about Boaz that I have to tell you off the, okay. <laughs> off the mic. <laughs> okay, fair enough. So, anyways... Whether you believe Lot's that drunk or not that drunk or whatever. Dude still tried to get the, the angry crowd to yeah, the dude his still, daughters. Well, and then is comfortable just getting blackout drunk multiple nights in a row. Yeah. The dude's not a good person. No. And yet, Peter has the audacity to say... That he is a righteous man. Yeah. So what does that mean for righteousness? I think it means the same thing that it meant for 
um, for Noah, right? And that's going to be the theme here. Um, how do you serve the Lord, right? Do you have a heart for the Lord? And um, leaving Sodom and Gomorrah, he was explicitly told not to look back. And he didn't. He obeyed. I think that's what it means. There are some moments in our lives where we've got to make some hard decisions. Yeah. But we know what the Lord is asking of us. Yeah. And righteousness is defined in those moments. Righteousness is not you being perfect. Righteousness is not you attaining some place without sin. Righteousness is being in a posture where you say, hey, I know I mess up. But I also know there are moments when I see God, when I see God at work, and I know where God is moving and leading, and I'm going to follow at all costs. Lot gave up everything Mm -hmm. to go. Left his house, lost his wife. Lot sacrificed a lot in pursuit of God. That is righteousness. Righteousness is your pursuit of God, not your ability to be without sin. And that's why Paul can say in the New Testament that our righteousness is not our own, but we're clothed in the righteousness of Christ because being in right standing with God is not dependent upon you being a perfect human being. It's about you being in perfect, restored relationship with Jesus.